Welcome to Kitchen Conversations, Episode 2. Come on into the kitchen. Yo, yo, yo. We are live from the kitchen. Actually, I'm in my kitchen. I don't know if you're in your kitchen right now. No, I'm staying in an Airbnb in the kitchen's communal, so... That's right. <laughs> well, and at least we're both drinking wine. We are drinking wine. Which That's is an true. upgrade from, from the last episode, I suppose. Or a downgrade, depending. Definitely an upgrade. Definitely an upgrade. Um, yeah. So, um, basically, we're going to just kind of recap a little bit from, from last time and... I think just in general, we're probably going to do a shorter episode as we're completely unprepared. Um, so I'm in Paris now um, in my, my little apartment and um, uh, still don't have a job. Um, but uh, kind of getting settled in, have been dealing with copious amounts of bureaucratic bullshit. Like just mm. the levels of bureaucracy in this country is amazing. I think the French might have invented the word bureaucracy, or maybe the Greek did, but anyways. It's um, it's, it's spelled in a French manner. It is is, is very French, let's just put it that way. So (laughs) I've just been dealing with that for, uh, you know, a couple of days, and I guess still kind of recovering emotionally from the very hard experience of trying to prove that I have a right to be in this country. Um, just as everyone else. Isn't that um, what the EU was for? I mean, this is the thing, right? So I walk down to this office and I have all the papers ready. They're stamped, they're signed. There's a little EU flag on each corner of the paper and I keep pointing at the EU flag and I'm like, this is EU regulation. And they're like, yeah, we don't know what this is. We, no, we don't, we don't know this. We've never seen this before. Um, That's so, the thing, man. That's the thing, right? So there's we have these great uh, international and uh, and regional uh, laws, but people choose to implement them locally in many different ways. So um, yeah, so that's but been that's, my headache of the week. Isn't that like I don't know? Such a big portion of there's so many people that don't have to go to an immigration office and they don't have to go to their country's immigration office. And Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to put a damper on anyone's day. You know, I'm not trying to bum you out, but to go to an immigration office of any, I don't care how advanced you think your country is. Mm. It's like, as if they've never heard of fax machines never. And it's, it's like, I remember when I had to do it in Denmark, just like get some stuff stamped. And I remember walking in and just being like, there is not a single, like, I am the lightest person in this building. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> oh, I am the closest to looking Danish of anyone in here. And, uh, and it's just, and that's rare, just like, we should say that is quite rare. In very rare. I am not oh. exactly a light, like light skinned individual, but, um, no, but just like, and, and it's, it's, it amazes me because you'd think everyone, especially right now, everyone's running on these huge, you know, like immigration strategy and da da da. But the offices mm. that have to deal with it, 
I don't know if anyone's talking to them because it's, 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 yeah. So I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I'm sorry you had to deal with it in French. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that's never, the funniest... you, like, oh man, to have someone talk to you about it in French as well, it would just be so incredibly patronizing. Oh my God. So much. Like I was so infuriated and I was really trying to keep my cool. And like, the thing is I kept like the one thing I kept saying, I was like, this is easier in Amman. Even in Amman, this is easier. Like, how can this be? You know? Um, but uh, apparently, it can be so. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm refilling my glass, like, as we speak, because that's just, yeah. it's too much to deal with. Um, nice so you're in, Cape, you're in Cape Town. You shifted over. Yeah, I drove. <clears throat> I drove from, uh, from Johannesburg, from Josie to Cape Town mm-hmm. and, and we didn't do like most people when they drive they take they take the east coast or, and do this thing called the garden route and I'm pretty sure I'll do that either on the way back or another time so I went through yeah. the northern cape the northwestern cape and the western cape which is something that I think a lot of people don't see and most South Africans don't see especially if they're not white and that was so interesting I mean it was it was it was definitely cool went through the desert went through the Kalahari desert had this whole like entire nature reserve to me and this guy Richard I'm traveling with and mm. it was just me and him there was some desert rain we saw some zebras like 30 meters away mm. and an ostrich and an African painted dog which was cool oh my God. Um, basically so, yeah, National we, Geographic moment like yeah on point. yeah but then like super casual because it was me and like I don't even have a camera <laughs> I was like yeah that's cool <laughs> um <laughs> And then it, it was it was weird though because it was like we'd be doing that and then we we had promised each other that we wouldn't bring any music, so it was yeah. just like straight up radio. <clears throat> okay, wow, interesting. Why would I you had, make such a promise? <laughs> well, I also had at this point had no more music to bring. So <laughs> oh yes, oh my god. So we should yeah. basically. Well, I mean, probably no, everybody knows, but. No, we don't need to talk about, about it, but we do need to mention that your computer and your passport had just been stolen moments I, before like, departure. Yeah, the night I was leaving Josie, and there was a break-in. But it's not like the... It, it sucks, but the biggest thing is definitely my hard drive. Like, that was... Oh, my God, yeah. I know. I know the pain. It's, oh, yeah. it's so excruciating. Well, it's the I had been working on a children's book, and it was like... Yeah. Like... 93% finished and there were two publishers that were asking about it and I needed to start it from scratch but I remember that I actually sent an earlier version to a friend so I went and went through like our Facebook messages so I have like half of it oh good um, oh amazing that's great so yeah, yeah now you just yeah, have yeah. to but, but there yeah, was this other it's... book I've been working on that's yeah anyways so yeah, it's gone it's... and I didn't have a, I don't have any music and it's sad because I had. Oh my god! Do you want me to send you some music? By the way, I took. I I do. I want. Well, now that we've said, (laughs) I would like for anyone to send me music, and especially if I've made you a playlist, if you could just send me that exact playlist. (laughs) I would love it. Um, Yeah. Everybody, send music to Nerea, please. Nerea.otno at gmail.com. I'm actually in the process of making an Indiegogo campaign. So, wait, is that what you're making it for? Is yeah. that why you were asking me two days ago about, okay, 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 yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, there's cool. a whole thing about it because, yeah, the things I had, I mean, I, yeah, I had some pretty, 
some things that don't exist on the internet, so I don't know how I'm going to get them back, actually. And I can't exactly write to these ex-bosses being like, you remember that thing you told me I couldn't steal? (laughs) (laughs) I I want it back. I want it back. Totally took it. (laughs) Man. Yeah. Yeah. The struggle is real, man. The struggle is so real. Anyways, so we were driving without any music, basically. Mm -hmm. And, um... And so, I don't know if you know, I don't know how many people know this, but, like, South Africa right now, politics are in a bit of a Yeah, so I've, uh, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, Zuma's a dog, basically. So their president mm-hmm. um, got, was basically told, like, to put it in the simplest terms, their president was found to have not acted in accordance with his oath and, not ha- and to have knowingly gone against the Constitution. Yeah. Um, and because of that, people are saying, like, they're like, so he should be impeached. He broke his oath. You broke your promise. The whole promise is what you had, and therefore you can't do anything. So we're, we were driving, and all we're listening to is just, like, the national radio station and the Congress, like, making these statements about, about President Zuma. And I don't, like, you know, typically, typically, any sort of radio show about politics is boring. It's so boring. Yeah. This was yeah. one of the most entertaining things I've ever listened to. It was just ridiculous, which is really sad in a certain way. But yeah, so we're driving through the, the desert listening to people just like, it was like a roast. Like I felt like I was listening to Comedy Central. Like people were bringing up wives, like old wives of his and... Yeah, that's such a, that's such a like South African thing as well. Like it's so... It's so gossipy. I don't know if you found out yet, but it's like it's extremely gossipy, especially yeah. with their politicians and their like TV hosts, and you know, they love that shit. But I mean, Suma needs to go. Like, there's just like he does he for sure. He needs to go. Like, he's been there uh, much too long, and no, he know, doesn't. He just, doesn't represent what the ANC represents. But he's just a, he's a douche. Like, he needs to he needs to go. Just for just for other people to know, like it, you all should research this yourselves. But it's like he's the main thing is that he spent fifteen million tax dollars um, on house improvements, like not mm-hmm. buying a house, but like house improvements. If you look at what these things are, they make absolutely no sense. And one of them, like the the one that comes under the most probably fire, is that he had this pool built that's called a fire pool. Mm-hmm. And it's straight up, it's a swimming pool. It's, like, super well-designed. There's a mosaic at the bottom. There's, like, (laughs) all these nice things. (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 no. It's for when there's a fire, that that's the water that I can, that's the reserve water. Oh, yeah, of course. Makes sense. So I'm not going to swim in this. This is a safety, yeah, and so he charges it to the taxpayers. It's a a gangster, man. Sounds like Scarface, seriously. Scarface, Scarface would come up with a better excuse I'm not sure. Scarface would at least have his pool, like, underground. Like, he wouldn't have it visible. It'd be indoor. Have that shit be That's indoor. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <sighs> anyways. Anyways. Yeah. But, so, you're good. You're you're settled, kind of. Um, and, well, you're moving on tomorrow, but you're, you're kind of settled, and you're liking it. Yeah? Yeah. Cape Town's cool. It's weird, but it's mm-hmm. cool. It is. It is indeed. It is a. It is a strange place of way too much history that's in the current. If you can put it Someone, that way. Someone this. 
I was talking to this poet, and I think she said it perfectly. She said, the thing with South Africa is that it's like two people having a conversation. The problem is that both people are talking at the same time. (laughs) And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Cape Town versus Josie, the food here is a lot better. And I know that... You mentioned a little bit earlier that you want to have a little chat about some food. What do you, what do you, what, what sort of, because you know I like to eat, Tia. I'm not a skinny uh, girl. Me too. My God, I am, I'm eating too much. I think the only money that I've actually spent so far in Paris have been in supermarkets, which by the way might change now after my very uncomfortable <laughs> experience, fucking French supermarkets. Um, we'll get to that later. We'll get to the side eye later. But um, for now, I wanted to talk a little bit about food as the political because I think um, we Skyped, not the last time, but the time before that, uh, we had just learned that Fife Dog had passed away. And um, Mm -hmm. it just, it kind of, it it got, at least it got me to thinking about um, diabetes and and, uh, diseases related to not having proper access to food or not having proper education right so mm. there's I don't know if you read there's this this article that came out I think um a couple of days after which talks about that it's the article is called yeah, the funky yeah. diabetic why five dogs death should spark a conversation about diabetes right <clears throat> and so in this article um I'll just I'll read something I'll read a little quote from it which I thought was really interesting so um, compared to the general U.S. population, African Americans are disproportionately affected by diabetes. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Offices of Minority Health, African Americans are almost twice as likely to be diagnosed with diabetes as non-Hispanic whites. Let me be clear, this isn't some pathological problem that's simply impacting our community. Black people are dying and developing poor health largely because of racism and oppressive systems. These are virtual food deserts in many black communities across the U.S. Young people consume high amounts of soda and candy and other crap. There are rarely any health, healthy food options, let alone affordable options in many of our communities. Right. Mm. So I thought about this and I also thought about this when walking into uh, supermarkets in Paris is that you really, it's such a clear distinction of like the cheap aisle and like the aisle yeah, that yeah. people can afford to shop in, you know what I mean? And I think, I just think it's, it's so, like that whole food discussion in America is just, it's such a large topic, so we're not even going to go into that. But the fact is that food is political and the fact is that the thing that was interesting with Fife Dog is that, you know, this guy is like, he's, he has a career, right? He, you know, he makes a living, all these things. But he said, he said this in an, in, in an interview, which was done like 10 years ago or something, where he said, it's so hard for me to change my ways. Like, I know it's not good for me, but I wake up in the morning and I want to eat, like, I want to drink like chocolate milk, you know, just because that's part of how he grew up and that's part of how his education, right? So, mm. like, it's, it's just so, it's so sad to see, like someone like that go like who, who actually someone who has all the tools to make the right decisions but because of the kind of community that he grew up with and the kind of education that he was given and the, the poor choices that were not available Con- conditioning because of conditioning conditioning exactly and lack of yeah. you know economic power um 
you know, he he has to, you know, be taken yeah. away from us. And it is, yeah, it's, it's just it's, like it's, it's sad. It's it's definitely something that's that's very mental for sure. Um, um, and even in terms of like there's there's a there's a poet and a and a and a performer an artist named Danny Hawk and he has this this poem called Corner Talk I think it's in Deaf Poetry Jam like season 2 or something like that yeah, yeah. and there's just this section where he's talking about how he's in the ghetto uh, ghettos in, in 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 probably like you know somewhere around Harlem or Brooklyn in New York and he's having this argument with one of the shopkeepers about like why they can't start supplying soy milk. Yeah. And and it's this like concept of like you guys are poor, you don't need soy milk, you know? And exactly. it's like no, it's not a matter it's not a matter of status, it's a matter of I can't digest. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And but it is like and when you talk about all that stuff, it's like I mean, especially in most of the western world, I have never met a poor vegan. You know, that's like, in my opinion, <laughs> to be a vegan is so much more a, a, like a, a statement of class than actual. Oh my god, so much dietary necessity. You know, if you're so if you're in India, if you're in parts of Asia, and you're a vegan, I understand that. That's cool. That's fine. Like, and it makes sense based upon. Mm. But in no, I you can't. <laughs> you cannot be poor and be a vegan. Yeah. And. And it, it, it's true, and I think I think a lot of the things with with Fife, like not only in terms of in terms of him, you know, saying this is just what I was used to, and to say mm. that you know the black people are raised on Kool Aid and not on actual fruit juice with any sort yeah. of pulp. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly. It, it also becomes something. It becomes something that your body becomes very dependent on. Like sugar is a strong dependency. It's actually I don't For know if sure. many people know this, and of course it's more natural sugar. But it's one of it is the United States's main torture tactic. I read this some years ago, so maybe it changed actually. But mm. but I know in at least the late like two thousand eight two thousand eleven, one of the main things we did we did we deprived people, and it's not just us. Like it's many countries that do this in their torture tactics but you yeah. deprive people of sugar in their diet because your brain needs sugar whether it's yeah, natural collapses right yeah it it yeah and so and so if you're having an overdose of that that also becomes mm. a dependency and and there is a reason why diabetes affects poor people more when you when when the only thing you can buy if all you have are either like chinese shops or quick mm. stores and discount mm. supermarkets in your neighborhood yeah yeah you're not going to be getting anything real. And I think that is a really important thing about Fife and a really important thing about even though mm. he becomes this super famous, you know, traveling the world yeah, exactly. rapper um, yeah. who's, who's speaking on things that people resonate with, mm. uh, but he can't, because of his upbringing, feed himself in a proper way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then there's also this this whole thing of like just I mean everything that the West has been exporting, right? Because there's so many countries around the world where you actually had a very very balanced diet. You know, it was like biodynamic. You know, people were gardening by themselves, and then you know Coca Cola or Nestle or whatever decided to expand their markets and export basically Western fucking junk food, right? So you've got like. Mm a whole world for cheap, de- for, mad exact, cheap. for cheap right and you got a whole world that's dependent on 
on uh, on Western uh, sugar bullshit, you know. So mm. it's um, processed, yeah. processed sugar, it, processed foods, man, GMOs, everything. Like it's so, um, it's so, it's, funny. it's so messed up. It's when you when you first mentioned that you want to talk about food. I didn't have anything really about food to bring up, but just since being here, I mean, you know me. You know I like to drink. Uh, yes, I do. And I'm going around. I can't I'm blame like, you. Uh, like, where's the rum at? <laughs> and every like, seriously, bars you go to, they'll have Jose Cuervo tequila and da 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 da, and they'll always have like three or four whiskeys. Yeah. The expensive ones, probably. Like this is just like regular bars, not the high scale stuff, but mm. upscale stuff. But um, there's never any rum. And there's barely tequila. There's definitely I found one place with mezcal, and I'm about to spend all my not money there. <laughs> all your non-existent money is all going my there. Non-existent yeah. money. Oh, this is going to be future Norea's problems. Future Norea's going to have a real big problem with past Norea. Um, but but and then I was thinking about it a little more, and I was talking to my friend about it, and I looked at him and I said, "You know what it is? It's who colonized who. Mm. Like here, <laughs> you've got Germans and Dutch." They don't drink rum. They they drink gin. They drink vodka. And There's British, gin yeah, vodka. exactly. That's what it is. The, exactly. But the British drink a lot. If you go to Kenya, if you go to Tanzania, there's a lot more rum. Like, British are into rum. That's cool. They're like, oh, yeah, we talked to these French guys. These French guys were kind of near the, where we were colonizing. Mm. We took some of their rum. Mm. But they definitely, like, they, but so he, and, and it's funny that now even, like, what people can drink is completely influenced by that same, like, this, uh, this other type of mentality of what people wanted. For sure. Um, for sure, and I mean, it was it was definitely the the ruling class. I mean, the colonializers, uh, in South Africa, who who basically who basically started up all of these, uh, you know, bars and whatnot, right? So there's, you know, you don't have much choice, especially when you don't um, collaborate with people who are actually from that country. But uh, <laughs> we could also talk a very very long time about. Uh, racial politics of South Africa. But um, does, one, does one really cool really thing that I saw the other day, actually, um, was um, an article written by Stick from Dead Press. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually written a whole article, um, which is, it's called Plant Based on a Budget, um, Seven Ways to Eat Good While on a Hood Budget. That's basically the the article um, where he talks about, you know, like how you can shop, um, you know, smart without spending too much money, but eating healthy. So that's really cool. More of that. We want to see more of that. Maybe maybe we'll try and we'll try and link it in in the description, maybe. We should. And we should actually try some of those recipes. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. Next one. Um, speaking of, we're we're trying to keep these things shorter now, so maybe we should just slip to side eye, yay. What's your side eye? <sighs> Where to start, Nerea? I have so many side eyes this week. Um, my my eyes are flying all over the place. Yeah, um, you're actually cross eyed right now. I am. I'm cross eyed and and looking to <laughs> multiple sides. Um, I'm like a fly on a wall. Hex, you're, you're like a dodecahedron of sides. <laughs> just exactly. Look yeah. it up, everyone. Also, it's a yeah. great, a great character in the Phantom Toll Booth. Carry on. Uh, yes. So my side of the week is the extreme amounts of control that apparently France feels that it needs to impose on its citizens and non-citizens. So apart from, you know, 
the terrorist attacks and all the things that have happened and, you know, the crackdowns that have been on civil society in, in France in general, um, you know, okay, all right, fine, you, you know, you've, you've been through this uh, traumatic experience, you put in security guards when you come into uh, shopping malls or, you know, big stores and they check your bags and whatnot. All right, okay. But is it really necessary to place a guard in every single supermarket. Like, imagine this. Like, I come from Copenhagen. I walk down to my local netto, and it is just, like, straight chill. Like, you go, you get your stuff, nobody bothers you, you walk out, you're good, you know? Here, it's from the moment you walk into the shop. Somebody's checking you out, making sure you're not stealing something. You have a couple, you know, guards walking around, side-eyeing you. Um, and it's just... a. I'm trying to side eye the side eye. I mean, I'm just, I get What's so... What's a side bitch to a side bitch? <laughs> Man, like, you, sh- you should have seen my face, like, two hours ago. Like, I was I was not having it. Um, I've seen that sort of face on you before. Mm-hmm, I find mm-hmm. it entertaining. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't pretty. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, I just, I, I feel like it's so unnecessary to impose that kind of control on citizens because the moment you do that... You also basically incriminate people. You're basically saying like, hey, you might steal something today, you know? Yeah, I don't trust in- you. Yeah. Instead of saying like, okay, you know, we, we built the society on trust. And, uh, and I, just, I just think that it's such a ironic circle of like, you know, basically the people that are, that are guarding you are on like complete minimum wage. Um, probably can't get other jobs because let's be honest, there's not one fucking white security guard in like all of Paris and any, you know, doesn't exist, right? So you've got, you've created this system where it's like, you know, the low of the low are basically incriminating who they think are the low. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's so, and this, this control, like this need for security control. You know what I think you're describing? What? This is the fucking American Police Academy. Exactly. Just the low of the low. Exactly. Yeah, that's no good. I mean, I, I want to say no disrespect to police officers, but that was clearly disrespect to police officers. Fuck that, man. Detectives like hey, Law and SVU, CI, like you guys are all right, but you know. Yeah, well. If you're a detective, anyway, I'm cool with you. Anyways, that's my side that's of the side week. Eye. I'm trying. I'm trying to get used to it, but I don't think I'll ever get used to it. And I will literally not keep my mouth shut, and I will keep on, you know, criticizing it and uh, doing it so very, very openly in my very broken French. <laughs> voilà. My side is a little bit more basic. Like I ordered some really bad baba ganoush from a restaurant, and they charge us for extra bread. And I was pretty pissed <laughs> off. I was really upset about that. And I was like, how are, you about, how are you about to charge me for extra bread when I can make some baba ganoush better than this? First of all, it's too smooth. Give me some chunks. And second of all, give me some lemon. Um, that's my side eye. You shouldn't charge for extra bread. Like, yo, if you're a restaurant, honestly, come Never. on. Never. Not okay. Never charge me for extra bread. No. And, and I mean, and, honestly... And why, why give me four pieces in a whole bowl of baba ganoush? Clearly... I'm going to ask for extra bread because you have not, this is, yeah. Of course, it can't go down. It can't go down itself. It needs that bread. That baba ganoush needs that bread. It's as if they wanted me to build a city of baba ganoush on top of each piece of bread, which would have made it (laughs) impractical to eat. Like there was nothing about this that made sense. 
Anyways, not logical. Uh, not logical. What's your what's your yay moment? My yay moment of the week is that I went to an absolutely fantastic concert last night, and I'm still buzzing. Um, did she? So did she? Did she remind you of someone? This she singer? did. She reminded me <laughs> of this fabulous person called Nerea. And I'm telling you, like, it was so strange. Like, when I sent you that Instagram, like, that DM, I was like, I was literally like, why is my best friend on stage singing right now? Like, what is going on? Like, it was, it was, like, she she had the same outfit, the same, like, the what same moves. What do you mean moves. same outfit? No one, no one dresses like I do. What are you talking about? Oh, well, this girl does. I'm telling you. <laughs> you. You need to go on her Instagram. You need to start, like, flipping through. Because it is Tia, Tia, scary. I have to tell you something. What? It was... It was me. Was it? You know Neo's my... That's my initials. Oh my god, that's true. Nerea Elisa Tiano. Skipping the Aviambo, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. No, no but it was... dope. It was we such a good concert. Well. We should, we should, because she's absolutely amazing. So, um, and, and on top of that, um, it was like a double yay moment, because her warm-up was absolutely fantastic i was blown away he's this kid called demo taped and um he's a producer singer um he's i think he's like 18 or 19 and he's from Mm -hmm. chicago i believe and he's doing the whole european tour with neo right now and he was just so refreshing so amazing and yeah just really like check it out like check it out and um and enjoy it's yeah, incredible, incredible music, incredible performance. Mm. If Nao is coming to your town, like, go see her. You will not be disappointed. Run, don't walk. Exactly. <laughs> What's your uh, yay of the week? You know, I was about to say it was meeting Paul, who you had introduced me to. Ah, and yes. And, like, yeah, Paul, super cool guy. We had a great conversation. And that is still a big yay, but now after you hearing this... Uh, me, sorry, me hearing a little bit of wine, guys. Let's go! Um, me, hearing, <laughs> me hearing you. Um, no, I I saw this jazz band in in Josie twice, like right before I left. Yeah. <clears throat> and their name translates into Biko's Dream. And they're these young cats, like 20, probably like 21 to about 24. And they have amazing control over their instruments. The saxophonist is just like, it's like Kamasi Washington sort of shit. Just I'm like it so builds. excited to see him in he Paris. Has, I'm so excited. Oh, you're about to lose it. You're about to lose it. It's, it's yeah. oh, shout out to Kamasi. He's great. Um, but the amount of control he has over his instrument and the way they all work together, mm. they're amazing as a jazz band. Like, but then they bring out this chick. They start working with this woman who's a singer and I was like okay jazz band with a singer what hasn't been done you know and then <laughs> but she comes up and she opens her mouth and homegirl starts singing opera in wow. Osa wow wow crazy and I was just sitting there just like are you fucking kidding me Ugh. and her voice is beautiful and he starts introducing this next song and he's just like this is for sandra bland this is for this and that and it was so weird mm. for me to be sitting in this place mm. hearing this young jazz band mm. uh writing like you know composing for sandra bland mm. and then this woman rocks up <laughs> singing some of the most beautiful opera i've ever heard in Amazing. this 
Osa language and mm. it was insane. I think that was that was my yay moment. That was my yay moment. And and at the same time they're just like real cool young musicians that are just doing what they do and they like it. Nice. And just making music in such a good way. So that was my yay. And yet you did not Instagram me. I didn't send you that video? No, you didn't send me that video. I have the video. I don't know if I still have it because, you know, my hard drive was stolen. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I think I have it. So I sent it to my parents so I can send it to you. you a bit of it. But I'm, try- I'm, trying to write ab- I'm trying to write about them. Okay. Yeah. Do in that. Any case, and, and in any send case. You know what? You know what I got to say, though, Tia? What? That's just the way these things go. They just kind of ebb and flow. Like, what ebbs and flows? In accordance with the moon. The tide and what have you. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> what? You don't know, do you? You don't know, do you? Oh, come on. Waves, Tia. Waves. Oh, those waves. Oh my God, I forgot. That's just the wave. Yeah, wave.